this is Kenya, the host of Queendom Talks. You know this is our safe place to discuss all the things that we experience in our queendoms. We won't always agree, but we will laugh, cry, and grow together. Thank everyone for listening again. Today we have a special guest, Free, who is a trichologist on with us today. How are you doing, Free? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for coming back on. You know, I actually spoke to Cree last week, but we had some technical difficulties. So she came back again. So I really do appreciate that. Uh, so, so Cree, you know, I like to start. I want to know how are you doing mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually? How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm even better than the last time we spoke, actually. Um, I'm I'm trying to be sober this week, you know, no partying, no kicking it, you know, <laughs> have, have a clear head, so I'm feeling good. Well, How that's good. That? I feel I feel good overall, you know. Uh, I'm just improving, taking one day at a time, being intentional mm-hmm. with loving myself, being intentional with doing the things that make me happy. So overall, yeah. I'm doing really, really good, really good. So, Cree, tell everyone who do, who may not know what is a trichologist. So, a trichologist is just it's a branch of dermatology, and um, a trichologist is a hair and scalp specialist. So, we focus on the care of hair and scalp disorders, or the prevention of hair and scalp disorders, like hair loss and scalp inflammation. That's so good. So, I found Cree. I guess just on social media, just on accident. And I'm sure everybody has noticed by now, I am completely bald. I suffer from alopecia. So I'm like, hey, let me invite Cree. This would be a good time for me to discuss what's going on with me and for me to also educate everybody that's listening. So that's how Cree even got on the show. Cree, tell us a little bit about yourself now. From our last conversation, you told me that you used to be a master stylist. You were a hairstylist before you were a trichologist. Is that correct? Yeah. So recently, um, I relocated to Houston, Texas. I've been here for about eight months now. And um, I just always wanted to transition out of being a full-time stylist. When I was in St. Louis, I um, began to like work less as a stylist, only three days out the week. And I added trichology to my business. Um, I felt it was important for me to really focus on hair and scalp health because I also am somebody who suffers from hair loss and I have members in my family who suffer from hair loss and I would have a lot of clients that would come in. And to be honest, I just really didn't know what was going on with their hair. You know, they would come in with these issues and I would offer them a service to cover it up. But I felt that I would better service them by actually knowing what conditions they were suffering from. And that's what led me on the path to becoming a trichologist. Oh, wow. Wow. So how long were you a stylist? Oh my God, girl, for like over 20 plus years, (laughs) right out of high school, I went to beauty school. Um, Then I went to school for, uh, I think network, network technology. I went to school for, for psychology. Um, but immediately after high school, I, I went to school for um, for cosmetology. So that's just all I have ever done. I've been a full-time stylist my whole life and now a part-time trichologist, product developer. 
I have my own product line to care for people who suffer from hair loss and scalp inflammation as well. Um, and I just launched my online course to inform stylists and educate stylists about, <clears throat> excuse me, about hair and scalp disorders. I'm sorry, oh, wow. I got something in my, in my throat. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Overall, it seems like, you know, hair is truly been your passion. I mean, you say, as soon as you got out of high school, you started being a cosmetologist. So this is something that you're truly passionate about. Like, yes, yes. I'm talking about lining my baby dolls up at, at um, nine and 10 years old, like they're at the beauty salon. So it's just, it's just <laughs> I feel like I, in fact, I knew that I was going to do it as soon as I was, as soon as I was able to do it. Um, I just always had an interest in um, styling hair. That's, that's good. That's good. You know, a lot of people, it takes, some people never figure out what their passion is and then it seems like some people they just they automatically just know and it sounds like you just had that knowing you said nine or ten you was doing your baby doll's hair you knew what you wanted to do so that's that's really good so um you say you're from st louis yes been in houston for eight months yes it's been eight months well now that it's um March is now nine nine months. Wow. Okay. So how was that transition? How has it been? Because you were a stylist in St. Louis, and then, or you had already started practicing trichology in St. Louis before you moved to Houston. Is that right? Yes. And business was amazing in St. Louis. To be honest with you, um, I had already built because St. Louis is such a small town, and um, being in the salon industry—that's something that I've done most of my life. So everybody just knew what I did. So when I um, became a trichologist, one of the first trichologists in St. Louis, um, it just took off. You know, it was easy. A lot of stylists, because they don't have the information on how to treat and reverse hair loss or what type of scalp conditions their clients were dealing with, they would just go ahead and refer their clients to me as well as like me already having um, a clientele base who suffered from hair loss and scalp disorder. So it was kind of something that just was like an easy transition. It still has me in a field that I'm very knowledgeable knowledgeable about so I just thought it was like the right fit because ultimately I knew that I I needed an out you know I can't mm -hmm. be up on my feet all day and um my exit was at 40 so now that I'm 41 approaching 42 I just feel like the timing is right it's mm -hmm. not an easy transition um as it relates to like me just completely stop being a stylist and, and focusing on trichology and moving to a new city. Um, but I feel like it's the right path. Um, I feel like it has more purpose behind it. Mm -hmm. I feel like I, I can help more people. Um, I can earn more money by doing less work. Um, so it's so many benefits in being a trichologist versus a stylist. Now, don't get me wrong. <laughs> being a hairstylist was, was amazing. You know, mm -hmm. it, it was good to me my whole career. And adding trichology made it even better. But now that I'm solely focusing on trichology and been in, in a new city, it's taken some time for me to um, finally have that growth. Um, mm -hmm. But lately, things have been, have been picking up. You know, well, um, I think most people can relate if you um, just leave your business, something that you've been building on for years, and then move to a new city. You just have to give it time. And you have to have that patience before you can actually start to see some results. So um, I'm just waiting it out. 
Well, good. Well, good. So you said so much. It's so much in that whole little, you know, what you just said, whole statement I want to touch on. Uh, but I want to go back a minute. Now, you said that you've had hair loss. You suffer from hair loss and maybe, you know, some of your family members suffered as well. Is that how you learned about uh, being a trichologist or what was your introduction even into the knowledge of being a trichologist? How did you even know that this was an option for you? You know what? Um, I was online and I was searching, you know, just how to reverse hair loss and things like that. And, you know, the power of marketing and targeting your mm-hmm. your customer. I believe I was targeted from an <laughs> you know, and I, I went on Instagram and there was an ad um, about trichology. So mm-hmm. I looked into it and um, I immediately signed up because that was definitely everything that I felt like I was looking for. I wanted to understand how to help people with hair loss. I wanted to understand all the different types of hair loss, the causes, the underlying causes of hair loss. Um and just how to prevent it versus someone come in and they're thinning and I just, you know, um, put a wig on top of their head or I give them a quick mm-hmm. weave, not really addressing the true issue and not really understanding what type of hair loss they're, they're dealing with. Um, so yeah. And then also me having my own hair loss, um, I wanted to know exactly what type of hair loss I had. Um, I, I lost my hair or started losing hair as early as like high school, I remember getting some color wow. done and do my color. And she was like, put this bleach on your head, sit outside in the sun for an hour, you know, <laughs> and it's going to be white blonde. <laughs> and so I did that, you know, I did that. I rinsed my hair out and it was shedding a lot. And before mm-hmm. I knew it, hair was coming out, you know, so it wasn't anything that was too noticeable, but I had like a little small spot on the top of my head. Mm-hmm. And it just began to like progress and slowly it progressed. But also I thought that maybe it was just something that was genetic because my mom also has hair loss. And I could remember as far back as when I was maybe 13, 14, I seen my mom for the first time and noticed that she didn't have any hair, you know, and yeah. I was thinking like, that's, that's probably going to be, be me because the only type of hair loss that I was familiar with at the time was um, androgenetic hair loss. You know, mm-hmm. so this media like her hair loss was the type of hair loss that I was going to experience. And later, I discovered the type my mom has is alopecia um, totalis, which is a complete voluntary scalp mm-hmm. versus that is an inflammatory scarring type of hair loss. So, okay, so wait a minute. Okay, I want to go back. So the first time that you seen your mom before then, prior to then, she had just like wore wigs or covered it up and you didn't did you not know that your mom was bald no because listen this was back in the day so my mom was wearing freezes you remember the freezes oh yeah girl she would yeah. rock her freeze and she'll have a, a french roll a bun so it whoever was styling her hair at the time did a phenomenal job covering wow. it up like I was not even aware of what was going on you know mm-hmm. but one time she she wasn't able to get her hair done and she wore a hat and she wasn't the type of person to really wear wigs yet at that time. Now she wears mm-hmm. wigs every day. Um, and I saw her take her head off and I was like, oh my God, my mom has no hair. So I'm most likely, won't, I won't have hair when I, when I get her age. So, so that was, immediately that was a thought that, that that's going to be me. That's what you were thinking that, that hey, yeah. that's going to, wow. Yeah. So the reason why I asked, okay, so 
I have been completely bald for years, forever. I ain't gonna say forever, but for years, probably since, uh, probably, I say completely bald, probably from my early 30s. But I suffer from hair loss, alopecia, starting as a child, as early as probably five or six, you know, maybe I'll get a spot here, get a spot there. It'll grow back and then maybe life changes or something would trigger another spot. So that was my experience. But I remember having a conversation with my son. Um, he's in middle school now. And I can't remember exactly. And this was probably before he even went to middle school. But I was just talking about, you know, you just have to accept yourself and loving yourself. But I've always been very comfortable within my house showing my family, showing my husband, they, everybody knew I was bald, you know, immediate family, they all knew, but I, sometimes I would go out, but this past year was the first time I ever posted on social media, my completely bald head, and so that was a really big thing, people didn't know, people wanted information, they, you know, they just had a lot of questions, so I'm just when you said, hey, I had never seen my mom like that. Now I'm like, I wonder what my son thinks. Now I wonder how he feels. And I have a daughter, but she's two, so she's too young. This is all she will ever know. So yes. So when you had so when your hair started falling out, uh, because you dyed it, did you immediately think, hey, okay, so now this is what's about to happen. I'm about to have the same issues my mom had. No, I just thought my hair was going to grow back. And the funny thing is I have so much hair. Like my youngest son, mm -hmm. he's really big. Like he has so much, so much hair on his head. If you were to like put your fingers down into his Afro, you won't be able to feel his scalp. So my hair mm -hmm. was really big. So I mm -hmm. was able to cover it for a very long time without putting weave and, and extensions in it. And even still, I could just like put it in a ponytail or something like that to cover it. Um, but I had so much hair, it, it really wasn't that big of an issue. I just knew it was there. But as it progressed, um, I remember going to see a dermatologist um, back in St. Louis, um, a, a black male dermatologist. And one thing that I, that I share a common experience with 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 my um, customers that come in to see me is there was really a lack of concern, a lack of compassion yes. with my condition. You know, he just was like, "Well, this is what it is," and, and you know, offer no options, offer mm -hmm. no further explanation. He told me at the time that I had degenerative alopecia, um, mm -hmm. which I haven't even found that. You know. <laughs> As, as a, a real as a term, as a really, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I guess what he meant was just like maybe my hair was just shrinking and eventually my follicles were just shrinking. And he didn't say anything about scarring or, or um, going to detail. So that's just all I was left with. So I didn't know if it was going to get worse. I didn't know if I could expect it to grow back. He just was like, he handed a book, showed me mm -hmm. the term and, and was like, that's what you have. How old were you at that time? I think I might have been because I was still staying at my mom's house. Um, and I remember at the time I, I dyed my hair red and I still I was still able to wear my hair out. It was a, a big uh, afro. And um, I just remember thinking like, OK, what what does that mean? You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. What does that mean for me? And that's how a lot of people who come in to see me end up feeling. They've gone to the dermatologist and they just tell them, oh, you have alopecia. Yeah. Well, alopecia is hair loss so what type of alopecia because once you know the type then now 
you can kind of figure out what the cause is because it might be something inflammatory. You know, it could be a, um, reverse, a reversible type of hair loss, something that's temporary that you can address and prevent it from being permanent because you're trying to restore and rejuvenate the follicles that you have to grow newer, thicker hair. So I think like the lack of just being um, detailed in what the customer is going through or patient is going through and also explaining um, what type of hair loss they have is, is where I see a lack in dermatology. And of course, that's not all dermatologists. Um, I know some really great dermatologists um, and in fact, I have to work with dermatologists, physicians, and holistic doctors to help my clients um, restore their hair loss. So yeah. I just think that um, maybe they should give them a little bit more information. So I, I agree um, because my yeah. experience, again, I started going to the dermatologist probably when I was six or seven. And um, he was great, but I don't remember getting a lot of information on the type of alopecia I had, if it was, you know, there was no real game plan. There was no real, this is what we can do. Um, but the first dermatologist I went to as a child, I just remember him being really nice. I do remember that. But now when I became an adult um, and I had to go to a different dermatologist, because at this point, my prior dermatologist had retired. There was a lack of, like you say, a lack of compassion, a lack of knowledge or tools, or it just wasn't even, you, I left out, literally, I, I remember leaving out of the dermatologist feeling more discouraged than I did before I went in. You know, I was hopeful going in, but when I went out, I'm like, you know what, just forget it. You know, I just remember that it, and it was a male, I would say it was a white male in there was just no compassion there was no game plan there was no this is what we can do to treat it it was none of that it was none of that so is this I guess for people who don't know what would you say the difference between a dermatologist and a trichologist is well because dermatologist focus is the care for the skin which is the largest organ on the body there are so many skin conditions that they have to be concerned about. So the area um, related to hair loss, you know, scapulated conditions is a very small section. And I've been told this by a dermatologist myself, whom I met at a trichology convention. And she was just saying, like, it's just not enough information, you know. So that's, this is why when most people go, they're prescribed um, steroid shots or mm -hmm. given steroid shots prescribed inflammatory medications when, when a lot of times can still cause more hair loss. Um, and then also they're just told to take minoxidil. Um, so because they don't really, they're not focused on people's hair loss. They're, that's not their main concern. So I think um, the difference is trichologists, that's our area of specialty. So we are, we're trying to figure out what what's the underlying cause we're trying mm -hmm. to figure out exactly the type and then we're also able to after diagnosing able to treat that condition um and then also having a background as a stylist and I think me just having experience with hair loss I offer more understanding and compassion and relatability mm -hmm. you know when people come in because it's it's something that's so personal and it's something that's so emotional for women that yeah. 
you want to be in a, you want to feel like you're in a safe space to talk about it, you know? And so if you go somewhere where somebody treats it as if it's an insignificant issue and it doesn't really matter, you know, it, it, it makes them feel a little bit more hopeless, you know, even if they had a little bit of hope, they're going to get the information that they needed after being treated like that, you know, because they do have a certain time frame in which they need to see their patients that come into them, you know, after being treated like that, you just like some people can give up, you know. So I like the fact that more stylists are looking into being hair and scalp specialists and trichologists because it's definitely needed, especially if you're going to be in people's hair all the time. You That's have to right. know what's going on with your hair and scalp, aside from just making it look pretty. And, you know, I, <laughs> once I realized that, that's how, you know, that was the design factor for me along with, you know, me just wanting to help my clients. So something that we haven't mentioned that I think it's important to mention, you are a holistic trichologist. So that means you are finding healthier alternatives or healthy treatments for people who may be suffering from scalp or hair loss. Is that correct? Yes, that's, that's, yes, that's, that's right. Like I was mentioning, like dermatologists will prescribe, um, you know, minoxidil. And there are so many different percentages of minoxidil. Women recently have just been able to use 5% minoxidil. Um, it was only prescribed for men. And the, the percentage go up as high as 12%, which is ridiculous because there are so many side effects related to using minoxidil, especially for women. So mm. someone that has to rely on minoxidil to keep the hair that they that they've regrown they're likely to have a false blood pressure read you can get headaches you can get more inflammation you can um, suffer a miscarriage you can get more facial hair you know just have all this extra hair growing on your face areas that you don't want hair to grow so there's just too many side effects and um I had my, my first product line. Yeah, I was going to mention that. I was going to mention, yeah. so you do have a product line. So not only have you, did you start as a stylist, then you transitioned to a trichologist, but you have even gone further to make your own product line to treat hair and scalp issues, right? Yes, yes. That's good. And the first line that I had had 5% monoxidil in it, and I was selling it with no problem. It was $230. You know, they got the topical shampoo, conditioner, and vitamins. And I could keep barely keep it in. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, it's all about like having integrity. And once I realized all this, the side effects of using minoxidil, I just knew because I'm not a person that gets sick and I'm taking medication. You know, I don't mm -hmm. give a lot of to my kids. I always believe that there's a, a holistic, a natural approach to, um, anything as it relates to your, your health, you know, um, or even dealing with a sickness or, or illness or anything like that. So that's when I made the decision to discontinue that whole line and go to something that's more holistic, more natural. Um, even the treatments that I do inside of the salon are all holistic methods um, to reverse the hair loss. That's good. That's really good. That's important. I think a lot of times, because let's start, sometimes hair loss is triggered by the things that we're putting into our body, by the things that we're taking. Yes. And so for you to say, hey, 
I want to be a holistic. I want to be conscious of what I'm giving to my clients. I want to be conscious about what people are taking because I wouldn't put this in my body. I'm not going to allow people to put that, you know, put something in their body. So I think that's really good. That's I hard, think yes. <laughs> I think that's major because, you know, like we talk about relax, relaxers, dyes, not to even mention the food that we eat. All of these things yes. can trigger hair loss. That's true. You know, you have people who suffer from vitamin deficiencies. You have people who suffer from um, gut-related issues, immune conditions, digestive issues, which would be gut-related. But, you know, there's so many underlying things that attribute to hair loss. And also, a lot of times, those underlying things are a result of their diet, you know. Mm -hmm. So it really makes a huge difference, like, what people are choosing to put in their bodies. Um, I don't like to necessarily preach that to my, cause that's not my area of expertise. I'm just a resource for mm -hmm. them. Um, cause like I said, I, I work with dermatologists and physicians and holistic doctors to help my client fix what's going on internally, you know? So it's great for me to, to know and identify the cause, you know, but it's not, a trichologist's responsibility to treat the underlying cause unless they have some other area of specialty where they're a nutritionist, a dietitian, a holistic practitioner or anything like that, then now they have an additional specialty under their belt that they can incorporate with their trichology business. But other than that, it's just our business to treat the, um, the hair and scalp disorder that they're dealing with. So correct me if I'm wrong, you, you all treat it, but you also help your clients. Uh, you can guide your clients into maybe going to speak to a nutritionist or going to speak to their primary care physician to have them check their thyroid. You kind of, when you're looking at their overall scalp health, you're asking them other questions to see what may be triggering or causing their issue. Am I correct? Yes, that's correct. You know what? And I told you this story the last time, so I'm going to tell you again. But I had this <laughs> client of mine who was a regular client. She came to me for years. And um, I hadn't seen her in some time. And she she came back to me, started doing her hair for, I would say, maybe two or three years. And right before I was leaving, I would say maybe last year before I was leaving St. Louis, um, I noticed she just started look, looking different. She was getting skinnier. Her eyes were puffy. Her hair was thinning at a rapid rate. And the first time I noticed her hair thinning, because she already had fine hair, the first time I noticed it, I said, hey, your hair is thinning. And she was like, well, maybe it's the quick weave. I was like, no, I don't think that that's what it is, you know, because we used protecting over her head and there was never a lot of shedding when I would mm -hmm. do her hair. I was when she came back, her hair was always thinner. So it got to the point where her hair was completely see-through. It was almost just fuzz at the top. And I told her, I said, you need to go to the doctor and get your thyroid check. Hmm. So she goes to get her thyroid check and she has hypothyroidism. Yeah. And she's like, I told my doctor, pre told me to come here. You know, like she, she was like, I'm, like, I'm telling you, like anything that's going on, we're going to see it. Some we're gonna see it some kind of way, mm -hmm. rather in our skin and our hair, us getting tired. You know how how you feeling? Your mood is changing. Like there's gonna be some sort of shift mm -hmm. that's you know that that's taking place, and it's it's gonna be a trigger to let us know like okay, something is going on. You need to see what's going on, and 
Yeah, so that does happen a lot because, yes, as a trichologist, we're not just looking at the hair and scalp. There are other indicators that will let us know, like, this is probably the underlying issue. And mm -hmm. and the best thing we can do is suggest that they get treatments. We can also do hand scans. We can do pH um, tests as well. Um, I, I'm a phlebotomist, so I can draw blood as well, but I don't have, I'm not in a lab, but I do draw for PRP. Mm -hmm. So um, that's a treatment for people who suffer from scarring hair loss or even someone who has thinning that can get PRP, which is platelet-rich plasma. So um, there's just so many different things that, that, that will let us know that somebody is, is dealing with hair loss. So it's just not looking at the hair and scalp. It's also their health. So we usually find that information out um, through the consultation process. So let me ask you this. Do you think people know that trichologists are out there. Do you feel like, you you know, people know to come to a trichologist. I know people normally think of a dermatologist, but do you feel like people have the knowledge to know that, hey, there's, a, there's someone else that I can see for this issue? I think that the information now about trichology is becoming more popular. Okay. Um, because when I started, there weren't a lot of people on social media talking about trichology but now every time i look up i see a trichologist <laughs> on social media you know which is great though i think that's i think that's amazing because especially if you're somebody who has a background as a hairstylist it just it just fits perfectly like it's the perfect mm -hmm. transition and it makes so much sense and there are so many people out here suffering from hair and scalp disorders and just like the salon industry is a multi-million dollar business like the hair loss industry is a multi-million yeah. dollars so there's so much money to be made and I just think the more um people that acquire this information you know they can start helping people sooner you know before yeah. it gets to the point where they can't they they can't cover up their hair loss you know what I mean so I think yeah. now um I believe people are beginning to realize like, okay, I have to find a trichologist. You know, now the only time I refer anyone to a dermatologist is if they have scarring alopecia and I want to make sure, maybe I didn't see follicles and I want to make sure that um, it's completely scarred because I don't want to make them promises telling them, okay, we can grow your hair back. Now with scarring hair loss, there there is a chance to maintain hair that's still there. But once scarring has happened, there's no way to regrow hair and scar areas. So I always refer them to a dermatologist to get a biopsy because mm. that's the definitive answer to if they have complete scarring or not. So let me ask you, how do you, um, I know you said, okay, so no, I'm trying to keep it clear. When you came in um, to being a trichologist or when someone comes in to see you, do you tell them about your experience? Do you tell them, hey, you know, I suffer from hair loss too. Is that something that you're open with or open about? Absolutely. I have my bald head on my page, girl. And I was, <laughs> I was thinking, um, I was planning on making a YouTube mm -hmm. um, sharing my story about hair loss because I think it's important for people to know. And I could see the relief in people's face to know like, oh, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because your hair is associated with 
health. Your hair is associated with attractiveness. You know, so when women are are going through this issue, you're feeling less attractive, you know, Mm -hmm. and people sometimes think that you're not as healthy as you should be if you suffer from hair loss. But hair loss is not a health issue it's a response to a health issue you know that's good yeah that's really good say it one more time because that was good (laughs) hair loss is not a health issue it's a response to a health issue and I know we've been talking about hair loss as it relates to women but we have men that are suffering from hair loss so do you treat or service men as well yeah, I have men that come in. Since I've been in Houston, to be honest, I, I think men are the ones who, and maybe because this is a fast-paced city, um, a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, people want to look their best. Um, it's been more men that have reached out to me, but I get women as well um, that reach out. But yeah, I, tr- mm-hmm. I treat men. I also offer SMP, which is scalp micropigmentation. Um, that's really mm-hmm. popular for men. Um can you explain I, that? Because that's something new. That's a newer treatment or a newer option, not a treatment. Like that's a newer option. Can you say? Can you tell people what that is? Yeah. So scalp micropigmentation. Some people call call it a scalp tattoo. It is not a scalp tattoo. However, we still use the same um, pigment and machine to do the mm-hmm. service. Um, but the difference is the depth of the needle does not go as deep as someone getting a tattoo. So it's not a hair tattoo. It's, it's semi-permanent. I, I like to compare it to micro needling or microblading. Um, mm-hmm. Not micro needling, or microblading because um, that services for the eyebrows is there's a needle, but it only lasts two to three years. So that's the same with um, scalp micropigmentation. But if someone has a permanent scalp um, micropigmentation service, it's because their artist went too deep with the needle. Oh wow! So how long do how long is that supposed to last? Um, it lasts about two to three years. Okay, okay. So that's I didn't even know that. I didn't know that that was another service that you offered. Yeah, I'm. I just sprung that on you, but yes, I I do offer um that as as a service as well. It's popular with me mainly because they are usually the ones that's going to wear the low haircut, so they don't mind. You know, for, for most men, it's just about their hairline, you know, so they get it because they want to have um, an appearance of a hairline or they might have a little bit of thinning at the top. So they want to add the pigment at the crown so it looks like a full head of hair. So that's the benefit of getting um, scalp micropigmentation. Just adding pigment to the scalp, giving a, you know, appearance of full hair, filling in thinning, and also can create a hairline for, for men and women. Okay. Well, that's really good. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. So outside of balding, what other scalp issues do you see or, you know, other issues that people come in and, you know, ask you about? What other services do you do you offer? Um, so I, I offer scalp detox. Um, my best-selling product is the antifungal bundle for people who have... Um, seborrheic dermatitis and scalp psoriasis it's all natural and what it does is um it's antifungal antimicrobial antibacterial um anti-inflammatory so if you have eczema psoriasis dermatitis ringworm tinea capitis um tinea versicolor really any type of inflammatory bacterial condition of the scalp 
it reduces that inflammation, relieves itching, and um, it's, it's really useful for people who haven't found something to relieve that issue. I had a girl that came in to me for scalp detox just this past weekend who had scalp psoriasis and um it was it was pretty thick. However, I didn't I didn't notice how bad it was because she told me she was already taking medication. Um, but the medication wasn't working. You know, she has to apply this medication every day and she still has some really inflamed areas and thick areas of um scaling on her scalp. So um that is so that's a huge for people oh, yeah. and I, I see a lot of that stuff so quick um I had to make sure that I'm stocked up for months because <laughs> that is the top selling product it's the antifungal bundle that you can get at myhappyscalp.com if anybody's listening and they are suffering from scalp psoriasis or seborrheic dermatitis it's definitely something that'll give them instant relief okay so is that like I'm sorry is that like when it looks like they have dandruff but like maybe a thicker extreme case of dandruff is that, is that what that is? Well, see, dandruff is basically seborrheic dermatitis, but like a, you know, not as, as bad. So, and I see a lot of people on social media that are scraping up seborrheic dermatitis or psoriasis and they saying, she got bad dandruff. It's like, no, <laughs> that's not what it is. You know, that's, that's not good. And I'm, I'm making fun, but that was me, you know, mm -hmm. that was me. <laughs> thinking my client had dandruff. I think back on this one client, I would do a sewing for her. And every time I took it out, she has so much, what I thought was dandruff all on the cape, all on the floor. I'm talking about pals, you know, wow. and also had hair loss. So now when I think back, if, if I had known that that's what she had, I could have helped her regrow her hair versus just putting the sewing in her head and not knowing that she has seborrheic dermatitis because I wouldn't recommend her getting a sew-in if that's what she had because she needs her scalp to breathe. So I would have said, hey, you need to try a wig, a glueless wig, and you need to treat your scalp often so you can regrow some hair, you know? Wow. wow. Yeah, I've seen, um, actually, I know people with, with this condition and they are very sensitive about even what color clothes that they wear. Um, like mm -hmm. they won't wear black because it will show up or, you know, the, the flakes are just so big until, yeah, we talk about balding being an issue, but yeah, that can be mm -hmm. an issue too. People are uh, self-conscious about that as well. So that's good that you even offer that service. Um, how was, you talked about moving to Houston mm -hmm. and you said that you had a really great thriving business in St. Louis. What yes, was how did you decide on Houston? Like, what was your deciding factor? Say, hey, Houston is where I want to be. Why Why Houston? Houston is vibrant. Houston has beautiful weather, beautiful people, beautiful Black people everywhere. It's mm -hmm. very diverse. Um, one of the most diverse cities in the country. Um, a beach is one hour away from my house. Um, the weather is nice. The weather is nice. I didn't have to, <laughs> I didn't have to like worry about running to my car, freezing, you know, hating to go outside. Like mm -hmm. I hated it at first. I'm not going to lie. I absolutely hated Houston because it was just a drastic transition. And then not to mention, I'm leaving my business behind. So there were a lot of um, doubts, you know, regrets. I went through all the motions, all the feels, you know, just, 
I don't know where my life is at, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I settled in and I actually gave it a chance, Houston is a great city. There's always something to do. You can never do everything here in Houston. Unlike St. Louis, there's a lot to do in St. Louis. Like, don't get me wrong, I love my, my hometown. Um, but there's only so much you can do. And after you've done it, you're going to have to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just so much here. And I believe there's so much opportunity. Um, and the weather's great. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. I want to ask you, what were your thoughts? Since, you know, we've been talking about hair loss. We've talked about alopecia. What were your thoughts on the Chris Rock and Will Smith situation? What was your what was your thoughts about that? I'm still standing on the fact that, you know, I, I think Will deals with her emotional um, distress, you know, at home. You know, losing your losing your hair, and we we remember Jada Pickett back in the day. She had beautiful curls, like that nice, mm-hmm. soft texture. You know, and she'll just wear it short. So, for you to be comfortable in that style, and then now you can't wear it because you're losing your hair. You know, that's that can that can really be you know something that can put somebody, some people, into a state of depression. Even mm-hmm. you know, so I think maybe. Will reaction was in protection of her, how she felt, because we don't know what she expresses to him about what she's going through, you know, but Will does, you know, and that that probably was just like, no, don't speak on that because you don't even know how how she's feeling mentally. That's right. How she's feeling emotionally as it relates to her hair loss. So, but also I think that Chris Rock meant no harm because we know G.I. Jane is a tough woman. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she's bald not yeah. bald thin bald but her hair she wore short hair but you know um so I don't think he had any ill intent behind it really but he should have taken the time out to second you know to give it a second thought and, and maybe mm-hmm. not say that you know what I mean so but um smacking him wasn't right you know he could have <laughs> said something he could have yeah. talked to him after the show, you know, because it's like, okay, we get yeah. it. You want to protect your wife, but you didn't have mm-hmm. to walk up on the stage and smack him. You know, so I think I kind of tread the line a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. on both sides because I can, I can see know. that. I can, I can, I can see both parties, but I appreciate Will standing up for his wife. Like, I appreciate that. Um, mm-hmm. and you just never know what somebody's going through or what's going to trigger somebody so exactly. yeah although Chris didn't mean anything by it he doesn't know especially as women you know you your hair is your glory and she's in the entertainment industry and so we don't know what all it took for her to even come out that day to be her to embrace her bald head or her you know low hair mm-hmm. no, no one knew that uh, we don't really talk about the emotional aspect of it. By the time mm-hmm. your clients get to you, what would you say? Where would you say they were mentally? Like how how is their their mental state, or how are they doing dealing with their hair loss? You know, you I deal with so many different type of people, and I could relate to each one of them because I can tell some come in and this there's a feeling of embarrassment. 
you know, mm-hmm. and some come in, there's a lack of confidence. And then some come in who have embraced it and they're like, okay, I know that this is what's going on. I'm either going to shave it off, wear a wig, mm-hmm. or you can help me grow my hair back. I just want to know which path I need to go down, you know? And mm-hmm. I, I was in that point, even when I still had enough hair to cover up my bald spot, I was in that point of embarrassment. And it felt like every time somebody said something about bald or hair loss, I thought they were talking about me. And then nobody knew <laughs> that I had hair loss, you know? So that's mm-hmm. how affected I was. Like my heart started racing. Somebody said bald or called somebody mm-hmm. bald head. I'm like, oh my God, talking about me. You know, so it had me under stress, which can mm-hmm. cause more hair loss. It, I, I felt embarrassed that somebody would know that I had hair loss I felt um unattractive you know what I mean I went through all of that Mm -hmm. and I would say maybe you know how you were saying you cut your hair off I I cut all my hair off and wore it out like that for a week maybe four or five years ago and Mm -hmm. I didn't want my kids to see me you know without my hair because they always used to say I remember you were uh when I was little you had long hair and it's like son that was weave you know but he always (laughs) remembers me and Mm -hmm. so I I was like you know what I'm gonna shave my head and I'm just gonna embrace you know that I'm losing my hair Mm -hmm. and I just shaved off wore it bald and the response it's like they just looked at me like oh okay you know they didn't ask me like well why did you shave all your hair off why don't you have any hair on your head and even when I went out in public I got so many compliments and I was like this face is carrying it you know yes Um, yes I, I still like to have the options of having, you know, different hairstyles and things like that. But yeah, I went through all those emotions, you know, I, I went through it all and I see it all when people sit in my chair, you know, because I can relate. So there's yeah. so many different um, feelings people are, are going through when dealing with hair I, I can totally agree with everything you said. You do go through so many emotions. It's very emotional. It is a roller coaster. And I think something that's like funny to me now is when I go out and people, they don't know where they say, hey, I like your bald head or hey, I like your hair. And obviously I don't have any hair. They don't know what to say. And I feel like they feel they need to say something um, I get compliments all the time, but people, it's hard for people to find the words. So I try to make it easy and light for them because I understand they don't mean anything by it, but they're like, oh, I like your hair. Oh, I like your hair. Oh, you know, <laughs> it's just always, you know, well, thank you. Um, and I think the more people start, you know, being okay with it and going out, the more other people will be comfortable doing that as well, because the beauty industry as a whole, we put so much emphasis on hair. Like you say, this is a billion dollar industry. Women pay thousands of dollars for wigs. They go to the hair salon weekly. You know, it's just really important. But at the same time, nobody talks about, hey, what about the woman who's suffering from hair loss? So what about the men who's been suffering from hair loss? Because they take the same emotions emotional abuse or they, they're going through the same emotional as some women so it's hard for them too but nobody ever really talks about that or what that looks like not to mention that there are kids that are suffering from alopecia do you treat any kids I tend not to treat um, kids but I have had kids come in to see me um, who have alopecia areata 
Um, and, and that's just, that's another common type of care loss that um, I see in kids. And a lot of times it's just something going on with their immune. You know, kids, kids, I wish that people understood that kids go through the same emotional distress as adults. Kids can be stressed. That's you right. Know, kids can have these feelings of emotional distress, like being um, bullied, you know, um, trying to fit in. Like, it's so much that kids go through, you know, so they can be stressed. You know, yeah. I'm sorry, please. Okay, I couldn't hear you. you say kids go through those same emotions. For some reason, it went out. You say emotions, and a lot of people come in and they like, well, you know, I don't, I don't think that anything is wrong with their immune system. You know, I guess people just assume kids are going to be healthy because they're kids. You know, but they can have issues with their immune system. They can end up being stressed and losing their hair. A lot of people yeah. who have immune stress affects your immune health, you know? Um, so usually when people come in and they and, and they bring their kids and they have allergies and everything, I normally just tell them to go get labs done and just figure out what's going on internally because that's the real issue. And once they address that, they're most likely to break out their hair. Mm. See, I wish my parents had that, those knowledge or those tools. At, you know, back when I was a kid, because like I told you, you know, my onset of alopecia was when I was a child. I was six or seven, but my parents thought they were doing, you know, they did what they knew to do. And that was to take me to a dermatologist, you know? And again, they didn't provide the knowledge or the tools or the service that no one said, Hey, let's check your blood work or, Hey, let's check and see what else could be triggering this. That was not even a topic or, you know, of conversation. So uh, but like you say, kids are going through those same emotional and emotions, so we do have to make it a safe place for them to talk about it as well. Uh, so, um, but you're good with your hair loss now. You've embraced it. This is who you are. You you post it on your social media. You're good with. It. Yeah, I've I just accepted it, and then I realized, you know, hair is not. It's 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 a big deal. You know, I'm not gonna say it's not a big deal. It is a big deal, but I've learned that even if I were to shave my my all my hair off, which I've done that, and I've been thinking about doing it again, it's not going to affect my you know my physical features. Like I I think that I could carry, I could carry wearing a, a bald head, you know. Um, but I didn't know, and I, I think when I did that, that was that moment of realization. Like, oh, if, if all your hair would have come out, you'd be you'll be good, you know, like yeah. you're beautiful. Well, thank you. Know, you. And think, yeah, and now I'm seeing more women rock their head bald like men just shave it off and it's like, you don't really need, you don't need hair. <laughs> you know what I mean? Thank like you. you're still beautiful. You know, you're yeah. still gorgeous. You know, it's just an option. I like to have style options and choices. I always wore crazy colors in my hair, all these different styles, you know, mm -hmm. and I just like to have options i don't want to be stuck with just wearing my, my head shape yeah now yeah. don't get me wrong i will put on a good wig i do like a good wig you know a different look i will change it up so yes but it's just hey if i don't feel like putting a wig on today this is gonna be me this is who you're gonna get love it or like it or not and that's okay but i love myself both ways you know it's just whatever i feel like in the moment so the more we embrace it 
the more other people see it, I think it'll just help everyone across the board. Um, before I let you go, I do want to ask you, do you have a queendom jewel? And this can be some advice. This can be a motto as it relates to life or your business that a woman can take and use in her day-to-day -day life. I'm just going to keep it similar to what I said um, before, which is, you know, trust you, believe in you, trust your gut, trust your intuition. If something's telling you to move, even though it's not working out the way you envisioned it, just trust yourself, give everything mm -hmm. time, believe in yourself. You know, I've seen so many people um, do amazing things that it's not, well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be honest, that's, that aren't the best at what mm -hmm. they're doing. Mm -hmm. But they believed in it and they made that they made it work. You that's know, that's right. Yeah. So that's really all that matters. And I feel like I mean, I come across so many women who are trying to find like, what are they going to do in life? You know, um, wh which path to take? And they don't really have that confidence to just step out there and do it. So just trust yourself. That's good. That's that's good in itself like I don't think we know to trust ourselves I think we look I think the reason why I think a lot of times we're looking outside of ourselves for reassurance for that confidence for somebody to tell us that it's okay I feel like we spend so much time asking permission instead of asking ourselves like you know how do I feel if it, 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 you know what do I want to do what makes me happy I don't think we ask ourselves those questions which is another reason why I do like to do those check-ins before I, you know, before we get started in the podcast, just to make sure that we are taking that time because you can get busy with life and just miss it. So we definitely have to trust ourselves. That's really good. Um, I know you have a lot going on, so I want to make sure we let the people know how they can follow you, what products and what services you're offering, as well as your training. So tell us about that. Tell us how we can follow you and how we can support you and your business. Okay, so if there are any people in the salon industry who are interested in learning more about um, hair and scalp health and how they can help their clients, they can go to the trichologyacademy.com and they can enroll in um, my hair loss specialist certification course. Um, it's maybe four to six weeks, just depending on um, how quick they get through the material. Um, it's only $6.97 now. It's not going to be like, it's not going to be their price for long, but they can enroll for only $697. Um, so if anyone's listening who is suffering from uh, hair loss and scalp disorders, they can visit myhappyscalp.com and purchase um, products for, purchase the antifungal bundle for scalp inflammation, support dermatitis, scalp psoriasis, and purchase the DHT kit for hair loss um i'm on instagram and tiktok under style by Cree, and i'm also on youtube at style by Cree, and i'm i'm just now posting more on youtube just shorts for now um just to get the views up and then i'm going to go back to posting um longer videos on my youtube channel so they can just search style by Cree. Okay, great, great, great. I do have one question. Now, do they have to okay. come for a consultation uh, before they purchase your products or can they just 
if someone's suffering from a scalp disorder or suffering from hair loss, can they just go ahead and buy your product without coming to see you? I think it's important, especially when it relates to hair loss, for them to know like exactly the type because some people purchase products who have scarring hair loss and, and a lot of times they're not going to get any results. But if it's like early thinning, you know, loss of edges, things like that, um, diffused hair loss where you can still, you, there's still hair there, but you're noticing you're seeing more scalp, the products definitely work best for those types of hair loss conditions. But if they have scarring hair loss, they definitely need to see somebody prior to purchasing the products. Okay. Okay. And consultation with you, how can someone get a consultation with you? Oh, yeah. So um, if you go to the alopeciadoctor.com, they can schedule a, um, they can fill out the new client form, or they can schedule a hair and scalp analysis um, virtually or um, in the Houston area. Okay. Well, Chris, thank you again for coming <laughs> on the Queendom Talks podcast. I appreciate you. I appreciate everyone listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've gotten something that you can take away and apply in some way, even if it's just trust yourself, the Queendom Jewel that Creed dropped. Remember, you can follow us and you can listen to us on all, you can follow us on all social media platforms and you can listen to us anywhere you listen to a podcast. So until next time, I'll talk to you all later. Thank you. Thank you.